guys, this is Jane, and you're listening to episode 17 of Tacos and Tales. Welcome back to Tacos and Tales, a deliciously scary podcast for the taco enthusiast. Welcome back. I'm Jane, and this is my sister, Liz. Hey, guys. Hopefully, everybody has had a wonderful first week of 2019. How was your week, Jane? It was good. We're on day seven. No complaints so far. How about you, Liz? It was pretty good, except for the day before my birthday and my back broke. So something is going on with my back. I turned... 33 and my back turned 133 so i don't know what's going on there i'm really sorry to hear that Thanks. please seek medical attention <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you guys enjoy our new sound if you feel like there's anything that we need to fix let us know but i do have a funny story for you so last week we totally thought we were the poo because we <laughs> the poo <laughs> because we have mics now and you know, I listened to the podcast and I told Jane, I'm like, oh, it sounded so good. Like, oh my gosh, it sounds so good. Yes, we're like, oh my gosh, like we're, we are crisp, clear. We are profesh, baby. Yeah. And then Jane's like, except you sounded a little bit far away. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. So, you know, I started to play around with the sound this week when we were going to record just to make sure that we all, that our voices are coming in crystal clear. But, um, so come to find out after a quick little Google search of the program that we use, only one mic can be used at a time. <laughs> so basically, only Jane's mic worked and her mic was kind of picking me up in the background. And I was just talking to a dead mic that didn't really have any, anything to it. So, <laughs> and so I'll take this moment to say, welcome to the Jane Loves Taco shows. <laughs> Pause for crickets. <laughs> But, um, okay, so I think I have it figured out now, and hopefully it sounds pretty good, and uh, hopefully you don't hear the AC on, because once again, we are in Texas, and it's hot outside. It is. I think it went up to 75 today. The guys are sweating at work. I was like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Can you go to the doors warm? <laughs> <laughs> I, when I got home, there was a really, really loud cricket or grasshopper. And I'm like, aren't you little buggers supposed to be um, frozen, hibernating? Hibernating. Do, I think I asked you this before, do squirrels hibernate? Yes. Because I've seen a lot of them. Oh, yeah, because it hasn't been that cold. I think it, I think they're good, like, up to 50 degrees. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Welcome to Tacos and Tales, where we're animal experts as well. Honestly, like, whatever you want us to talk about, guys, we'll talk about. We'll talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we mentioned in last week's episode... Our theme for this month is going to be photography, but apparently photography also sounds like mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to post um, a survey on our Instagram, like, does photography sound like mirrors? I feel like it's like that Laurel Yanni thing because I, I don't know, I completely thought that we were talking about mirrors and the history of mirrors. And I did all this research on mirrors, and then I got to Liz, and she was like, I said photography and, like, history of photography, and I was like, 
That's not the same thing. <laughs> oh, you didn't say mirrors? And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that. And so I put on the podcast from last week where I say our theme is going to be photography. So anyway, <laughs> it's weird. Let me tell you a quick little cute story. It might just be my psychosis, but I was in New Orleans this weekend and we stayed in this beautiful Airbnb with this gigantic mirror that was probably eight feet tall, beautifully ornate silver mirror. And I was doing my research and I was so scared to look in the mirror. I was like, I just don't want to see anything standing behind me. We were st- where we stayed two days, two days, two doors down from the voodoo, um, museum. So I was like, I'm scared to look in this mirror right now. Well, if you would have looked in the mirror, I'm sure it would have been my silhouette saying photography. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know, maybe something was drawing me to look up mirrors. Yeah. Oh, probably not. Or probably I wasn't just paying I was just not paying attention. Probably. Let's all go with that, guys. So, we're going to do a dual subject this week, and <laughs> hope you learned something cool today. Come along. Okay, so since I um, can stay on task and can follow directions, the learner will. Remember that? Back in the day when I was in school, it was like a thing, I guess. And uh, the teachers would put on the board, the learner will, and then, like, put what they're going to teach for that day. Do you remember that or no? No. Anybody else remember that? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm going to give you guys a little bit, a little history of photography. So, photography began around 1822 when Joseph Nisiphor Nieps invented a photographic process called heliography, in which he used to make the old, in which... (laughs) in which he used to make the oldest known photograph called view from the window at Le Gras have you seen it? no Okay. Um, well if if y'all haven't seen it look it up on google we'll post it on instagram it's the oldest picture ever taken and it um, was taken in 1822 and it's kind of like a view of a um garden with like a table set up and it's, it's pretty cool and very creepy hmm. and along the lines of oldest old cameras the oldest camera was sold in vienna in 2007 at an auction and it sold for eight hundred thousand dollars oh wow mm-hmm. so that's my i wonder how much fact. we can get for a little 35 millimeter any hipsters out there trying to trying to buy a 35 millimeter camera we have one of those mm-hmm the long ones? What's a 35 millimeter <laughs> Like the little long rectangular ones. Oh. And for those of you that can't see me, which is all of y'all, hopefully, um, I'm just motioning with my fingers. Um, oh, a long, oblong, just, oblong. <laughs> just picture some, you know, wonderfully classic, elegant nails in a sapphire blue coffin shaped to remind everybody that I am that bitch. I don't know why I went on this tangent. I'm so sorry. I'm so glad that uh, <laughs> you are not. Sorry, it sounded like the end of the world, RQ. Let me just segue into that again. That brings me to my first topic of the evening, the Amish. Hello, Amish friends. I don't think they would be listening to us. Goodbye, <laughs> Amish friends. So, the Amish people, uh, typically, they have a no photos allowed rule. So, if you go, um, I guess, into there, wherever they're at, 
They'll have signs up that say, please no photos. Some don't let their photos be taken while others will, will let their photos be taken as long as they're not posed for the photo and the photo is from the side. Because apparently if you pose for a photo, that is you um, indulging in vanity. And also if they do it not posed and to the side, it'd be easier for them to deny knowing that they were involved in a photo. I hear you. So take a picture of me like I'm not paying attention. Basically. So basically they're all about aesthetic. <laughs> basically. So that way you're not original Amish people. Everybody does it for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> the law for the children is a little bit more lax. And that's because they don't consider them yet a baptized member of their church. But basically it's also kind of to the side and don't pose for the picture. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Very interesting. So that's the, kind of their um, beliefs or their folklore on photograph. Yeah, I photographs. I like to go like to a community, but I just feel like it's kind of rude. I don't know anything about a community, so I don't know if that's allowed. I uh, oh, I saw on television. <laughs> It's not real. That people have visited before, but I get maybe not. But I did read one time that the um, meth use in Amish communities is like really high. Wow. Sorry. I don't mean to offend anybody. I'll just be quiet now. Goodbye. Yeah, but so that that's my little tidbit about Amish beliefs and photography. Very interesting. Would you like for me to continue on with my story, or would you like to... Do you not have any more fun facts, Liz? Because um, I was ready for a good time. I'm here for a good time. Unfortunately, no. My fun fact meter today is a little bit low. <laughs> but um, I'll be back with some more fun facts next week. <laughs> she turns 32. 33. She turned 33, and all of a sudden she didn't have any more fun. My dad is like, oh, you're Jesus' age when he died. And I was like, thanks, Dad. hell? <laughs> So, do you want to tell your story, or do you want me to continue um, on my I think story? We're on, we're on your train, and I'm aboard for the ride. Doot, doot. Jinx. Okay, so today I'm telling y'all about spirit photography. Now, spirit photography is attempting to capture a spirit on camera. In 1862, William Mumler... William captured the first quote-unquote authentic spirit photograph. When he saw that people were fascinated by this and there was an ability to gain uh, money from it, he started working as a medium and convinced people that the image on the, images on the photo were their loved ones. So this was at a time where like the Civil War was going on, so I'm sure people were sad and just so consumed with grief that they would do anything and probably pay anything. Mm-hmm. Just to have like a some Just sort of anything, connection yeah. with with whomever they lost, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and also because this was the time of transcendentalism, which okay. which is a which was a philosophical and social movement. I tried to get a little bit of a better definition for y'all but there's just a lot to it but that's my best definition so if you wanted to learn more about transcendentalism look it up and so during this time mediums and seances were at an all-time high during a seance 
Typically, a grieving person would pay, of course, to contact their loved ones. Once the money had been exchanged, at this time is when ghostly messages would come in for them. (laughs) (laughs) Not a moment before. Okay. (laughs) So the ghostly messages came in the form of objects. Of what? (laughs) Of objects levitating, disembodied voices, moving objects, and finally, spirit photography. Mumler was taken to trial um, in effort to expose him as a fraud. Among those who testified against him was P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum was able to concoct an image of himself with Abraham Lincoln. So once he did this, he kind of figured, hey, this guy is a cheater and he's just kind of cheating people out of their money. Swindling people. Yeah. And so he testified against him and tried to expose him and make him pay. But Mumler was acquitted of fraud charges and uh, despite all of the evidence against him. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Even with the trial and all of the talk of fraud and that spirit photography was not real, it still remained popular. William Moses claimed that ectoplasm allowed spirits to take form. Ectoplasm is a substance or spiritual energy that manifests itself when a medium is in contact with a spirit. So I've seen lots of pictures. I don't know if you've ever seen. They're like the black and white pictures and It'll be of a woman or maybe a man, and they look like they're in a trance. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have, like, a white, like, fluid-looking thing emitting from, like, their mouth or their nose. Oh, uh-huh. You know what I'm mm-hmm. about? So that was a quote-unquote ectoplasm that was manifesting itself because there is a spirit present. Okay. Um, the spirits are said to use the substance by draping it over their non-physical bodies to be able to interact with the physical world. So during the seances, they would capture these pictures, quote-unquote, or should I say allegedly, of this ectoplasm emitting from mediums. And uh, what's another word for medium? Mm. I feel like there's there's another word that I want to say. Sensitive, clairvoyant. Okay. Did those not fit your... I feel like there was <laughs> I feel like there was another word that I wanted to say. Anywho, so even with all the skeptics, spirit photography continued to gain momentum into the nineteen hundreds. I feel like oh <clears throat> I feel like um it still continued. People invest a lot of money into um you know, For different sure. uh infrared cameras and all that. And I actually say that because we were watching Ghost Hunters in New Orleans this weekend. Because we're old and we needed a break from partying. But it's so interesting, the technology that um, picks up these changes in energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. And, like, obviously, you know, there are so many people telling them that it wasn't real, but they just had such a strong belief, and there are many people who believed in the photography, including Sir Anthony Conan Doyle, who's uh, an author. And um, he believed in it so much that he went to really, really, really great lengths to try to clear the name of one of his friends um, named William Hope, who was also accused of being a fraud Hmm. by a famous paranormal researcher named Harry Price. 
1922. But and Sir Anthony Conan Doyle and everybody stood behind him and believed that his photos were real. More than a decade later, Harry Price, the investigator, happened to be involved in, in another case. A case that we talked about on Tacos and Tales of the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. He was the one who went to examine the photograph. Um, if you'll remember, it's the photograph of the lady who's in the middle of the staircase. And what he had to say about the picture was that the negative is entirely innocent of any faking. So in that case, he believed that it was real. Right. The picture was real. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you kind of jumped ahead to where, where my story was going to go, but... I mean, it's very much still a thing. Like, people, mm-hmm. you know, go to great lengths to try to capture something from the other side, be it a picture, right. um, an EVP uh, mm-hmm. um, video. So it's definitely, definitely still something that people... And I think probably forever, because there's always that fascination with the is there something after death type thing. Right. Well, you know, they say that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can just be... It's like moved. Uh-huh. I can't think of the Manifest word. or something else. Mm-hmm. So that's my story for y'all. And there's a movie called A Haunting in Connecticut, which is based on a haunting in Connecticut. Um, there's a hunk of logic. <laughs> and uh, one of the scenes of the movie is where the little kid is possessed by the ghost of a child who was used in a seance, and he starts to leak ectoplasm. So that was actually a pretty good movie. So if y'all haven't checked it out, it's called Haunting in Connecticut. <laughs> we need for these movie companies to cut the chip. <laughs> We've seen a lot of movies, y'all, so we're full of all kinds of recommendations. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that story, Liz. Definitely interesting. Um, the whole concept of spirit photography is quite fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. I don't love like the Ghost Hunter shows. I feel like they're a little, um, I kind of want to say disrespectful. Yeah. Um, but I do find it really interesting that they kind of go into depth, depth, depth on how, um, those energy recorders work and stuff like that. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Right. And I mean, I definitely think that maybe some of the stuff that they get is authentic, but of course, a lot of it is doctored up for entertainment purposes, which is fun. Right. But I, I I, uh, definitely do believe that some of it is real. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah. Okay, very cool. I think uh, this leads us to our next thing. And we need to talk about something. (laughs) Friends. We need, like, a a name for our band. The Taco Bells. (laughs) The Taco Bells. (laughs) The Taco Bells and Buzz. (laughs) Okay, we'll come come back to that. brainstorm in the comments (laughs) um but we need to talk about taco Taco break break. where as we move into 2019 we are kind of looking for another idea we definitely want to be true to our roots and you know keep the taco culture (laughs) i call it taco culture (laughs) keep the taco culture alive um but we're not sure if we're going about it the right way Right, because we've talked about lots of different tacos. I feel like the more famous tacos, definitely, I'm sure there's a lot of other tacos that we haven't talked about. You can make a taco out of anything. But um, it's 
it's a little bit time consuming and my what I wanted to do for Taco Break of 2019 was to go around Houston eating different tacos and <laughs> um, basically just live our life <laughs> and kind of share and, and review and tell the users or the listener the users the tell listener, the learners the listeners what um you know our experiences with Houston food life is but like I said it's very time consuming and since we're doing weekly recordings which we kind of kicked around of doing bi-weekly recordings but I don't know it seems like we kind of would lose the momentum that way and we don't want to deprive y'all of listening to us to our hashtag sexy voices we've been tagged <laughs> as hashtag sexy a couple times and we definitely appreciate that because yeah I think my voice is so annoying so definitely taco break is not going away it's just going to be reinvented and we'll definitely be talking about tacos and posting all kinds of taco memes on Instagram <laughs> Um, yeah so yeah so let us know if you have any ideas on how we should go about this uh we really appreciate you guys support and feedback and that's that's it for our taco taco break goodbye no jane it's time for your story about mirrors (laughs) not photography come on mirrors are super interesting tbh there was a movie that came out that was called Mirrors. That wasn't very good. That's a scary movie. I've never seen it. You haven't? Mm-mm. You know how you always watch movies with that one? Yeah, the movie is called Mirrors, and it <laughs> came out in 2008. Oh, shoot. I thought it came out just a little bit ago. Yeah, it came out in 2008, and it has Kiefer Sutherland. Okay, so now that Jane is back from her restroom break... <laughs> What do you have in the way of a story about photography? Nothing? Okay. <laughs> I just have to say right now that if you guys don't follow us on Instagram, you're doing yourself a major disservice because we are so funny. <laughs> Literally. We're hilarious. Do you need this box for anything? Um. Well, this box is now my mic stand. Okay. <laughs> Why? Do you need me to move it? No, I need the box. Oh, it has um Christmas decorations in it. <laughs> okay everybody welcome back to janelovestacos.com um where i sabotaged my sister and turned off her mic <laughs> <laughs> i'm at the control room now <laughs> as you guys know um i went ahead and did research on mirrors for whatever um, reason for whatever reason uh, but I did learn. I even came equipped with fun facts, okay? I was going to jump in on Liz <laughs> when she was saying her fun facts. And I was going to say, you know, I have a couple of fun facts myself. <laughs> Looks around room. Okay. But that didn't quite play out the way I wanted it to. Okay, well, just go ahead so, and tell us your fun facts. So, as we all know, breaking a mirror will bring you seven years of bad luck. Seven years, you say? He was getting annoyed with me because I keep making funny comments that are overshadowing her. Are they funny? (laughs) Can you overshadow me? (laughs) (laughs) Breaking a mirror will bring you seven years of bad luck. This superstition dates back to the days of the Romans, who believed that life renewed itself every seven years, and that breaking a mirror could cause damage to the soul it was reflecting at the time of duration. Hmm. I always wonder why they picked seven years. Uh-huh. And it's actually funny because 
your body chemistry changes every seven to ten years for all of you science nerds out there. Hmm. Am I the only one? All right. So when you had um, a broken mirror, there were a number of ways to reverse your luck. The early American slaves believed that the bad luck could be washed away by immersing the broken pieces of mirror in a south-flowing water, in south-flowing water, for seven hours. So I guess you would put the mirror in the water. You would put the mirror in like a river or, you know, something that floats southwardly. (laughs) And all of a sudden your luck would be changed. So I'm going to break all the mirrors in the house and I'm going to go put them in the river. Please don't. Um, another tale said that bad luck may be kept from taking effect by grinding the shards of mirror into a fine powder so that they no longer reflect any images at all. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I they are going to say and then snorting the powder. <laughs> Still another said that, uh, well, I mean, I guess it would kind of be the same. Another said that uh, you could put the broken pieces in a bag and bury it and your luck would also be restored. Hmm. Yeah, so very, very interesting. Um, one of the most more interesting ones is how mirrors were used in magic and psychic rituals uh, because they believed that the mirror could uh, be used for fortune telling and reading the future. This is known as catotromancy or enotromancy. Where basically they lower a mirror on a thread until its lower edge touched the surface of a basin of water. The person performing the ritual would then pray to the appropriate god or goddess before gazing into the reflections created by the combination of water and mirror. So then they'd see, you know, your future, your fortune, and tell you what was going to happen. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I really don't know how mirrors are made. Um... I think that, I don't know. All right, moving right along. (laughs) So my story is about one of the more famous mirror folklore around, if anybody can guess. The breaking of the mirror. Oh, the death mirrors. What death mirrors? Whenever you cover a mirror. When somebody dies and then you cover the mirror because of the dead person sees their reflection, they won't be able to rest or something like that. Oh, I remember that. Oh. Well, now you have... Oh, yes, I have one that people sit shiva. So my story is about one of the more famous people to appear in a mirror, and she goes by the name Bloody Mary. Dun-dun-dun! Bum-bum-bum! So if y'all want us to say Bloody Mary three times... Too bad, because we're not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough money. Is there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what to tell us all about Miss Mary? (laughs) Mary, Mary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow? So for those of you who that don't know about the story of Bloody Mary, basically you stand in a dark room illuminated by a single candle. You simply look into the mirror and chant the name three times. Bloody Mary. Mary Bloody. Quotation, 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 quotation. (laughs) (laughs) A ghost is then said to appear, sometimes holding a dead baby, 
other times promising to come after yours. And it wasn't until I did the research for this story that I heard that because when I was a kid, I just heard that she would kill you. Mm-hmm. I mean, but whatever. Um, so for those for those of you that don't know, Bloody Mary is actually based on Queen Mary the first, the first queen regnant of England. I did know that. Well, that's because you're a dork. <laughs> <laughs> The legendary monarch uh, was born on February 18th, 1516 in Greenwich, England at the Palace of Placentia. The only king of Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon, Mary's lifetime of shame began at the young age of 17. She um, suffered a lot of female problems throughout her life um, and it's said to think it's said that it's that it's said that people think that she had a tumor in her uterus because she always had irregular menstrual periods hmm. and um and she was not able to become pregnant. Hmm. So when she married finally uh, later in her life in her late 30s she married Philip of Spain in hopes of conceiving an heir. Um he was a 10 years younger than her and Finally, one day, she's ten years her junior, Philip finally fulfilled his royal duties, and it was said that Miss Mary was with child. She was in her late 30s, and she began to display the usual symptoms of pregnancy, and so this would have provided her with an heir. So she went on, and she, you know, her abdomen became inflamed, and... She had all the symptoms of pregnancy, and it was customary for doctors not to be able to examine a a sitting monarch, so they couldn't do, like, an actual examination to see if she was actually pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so around her due date, six weeks before her due date, she went into a chamber into solitude since it was expected she was going to give birth. Right. Well, three months later, she hadn't given birth. (laughs) And... It said that she had suffered from a ectopic pregnancy. No, a phantom pregnancy where you want your body to get pregnant so bad you literally start having all the symptoms. You have a large um, belly. Oh my god! Um, morning sickness. Morning sickness. Your period stops. Like you literally are a pregnant person with no baby. Wow. So it was said that because she wanted an heir so, so bad, she conceived or, you know, she concocted this story and actually tricked her body into believing that she was pregnant. So um, finally, there was no baby and she was shamed and became super depressed and was never able to to provide an heir. Years later, she announced herself pregnant again. And once again, it was not correct. She was finally looked over by doctors and she had entered menopause. Oh god. So she died without giving an heir. And that's why it said that she will if you say her name in the mirror three times, she will come and take your baby. Wow. I'd never heard of the whole thing about the baby. I had never really known 
what she would do to you. I just know that you say her name three times and she appears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then the rest, like, has kind of eluded me throughout all of these years. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. So if anybody wants to try that, let, let us, us know. know. <laughs> let us know in the comments. Um, I I definitely would not do that. I don't think I would either. But, um, yeah, so now you know the story of Behind Bloody Mary. So if anybody out there has any experiences with doing Bloody Mary as a child, or if you have perhaps a picture or video of some sort of spirit or entity, send it to us at tacosandtales at gmail.com. And if you're not following us on Instagram and Facebook, rush on over before you miss some more funny stuff and follow us at Tacos and Tales Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Tacos and Tales. And I think that that pretty much wraps it up for episode two of 2019. How about you, Jane? Anything else to say? I have a lot to say always, but we'll wrap it up for now. Okay, well, thanks so much for listening to us, guys. Happy Taco Tuesday, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.